let's do it. All right, boss. So last time we didn't, we I don't even think we introduced you. I guess that's my fault. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, you know how things, uh, you know how things roll. I'm not a guy that's going to sit down and be like, okay, this tonight on Worldwide News we have. I'm like, no, let's just have a conversation and have a coffee. But um, I want to talk about you, mate. Like, fascinating character. You do some incredible things. So um, talk to me. Like, who are you? What do you do? What do you spend most of your time doing? Aspirations, some stories. How do we get here? Oh, that's a lot of questions in one. Um, I'll start from the beginning. <laughs> uh, my name's Nettie. Online, you can find me as Nettie Nonstop. Um, I'm an online coach, health coach, fitness coach, nutrition coach, all of the above. So, you know, all my, all my clients are completely online. I work with primarily women. I help them with things that I've struggled with in my past that I have worked through and I'm now helping other women through those things. So I myself was a very insecure um, yeah, we talked about last time, quiet person. And I had a lot of things that I just kind of kept under the, under the shell about myself, um, that I never worked through. And so I decided that I wanted to become a confident woman. I wanted to feel confident in my skin, physically, emotionally, mentally. And so I worked through those things and, and did that. And it completely transformed how I see myself and how I see other women, because I used to be that woman that would just like, look at a woman that was confident in herself, or at least appear confident. And I was like, Oh, I want that. How did, how does she have that? I don't, are you born with that? Do I just not have that? But I learned through my own journey that it is not something that you're born with. It is something that you develop and you work on and that you can create within yourself. And with, the world around you and so I I can proudly say that I became a confident woman I am proud of my of myself of my body of who I am and I also went into the nutrition field I went to school with the intention of becoming a registered dietitian no I did not sit for the exam but that's a long story in and of itself I I chose a different route because I wanted to help more people and I felt that sitting for the exam would limit me on how many people I could help. And so um, I, I take all of that and I help women with things that I've struggled with in my own life. And I help them become confident with their nutrition, become confident with their bodies. And for everyone that looks completely different, sometimes, you know, some women want to put on muscle, some women want to lean out, some women want to do a race, like, some women just want to feel confident being naked with their partner. I know that's a very vulnerable thing, but that is something that I talk with my clients about because that is like to not feel comfortable with a partner is a very hard thing to experience. And so, you know, I go through all these realms with my clients of ultimately they will learn how to feed their body type, how to train in order to feel the best in their skin and do the things that they want to do and and have the mindset for life and 
create a rhythm to their life. I know I kind of went like all over the place, but you can see this is something that I'm so passionate about. And there's so many avenues I could go from here. So so direct me. Which direction do you want me to go next? <laughs> no, hon- honestly, man, I'm going to let go of these reins and I'm going to let you go because I like uh, admire from afar and obviously not so much from afar because we have conversations um, of what you do. And I think it, you know, it completely encapsulates everything that I'm trying to do too, of like bridging a gap between mental and physical health. And you're, you're bringing everything into the the mix and the conversation. And that to me is the difference between a trainer and a coach, right? Like a lot of people kind of mix those two together and I, <laughs> I probably uh, get a bit triggered, right? <laughs> like we, we were speaking about before, like I'm a guy that gets triggered a lot. No, but I'm also super passionate about things. And that usually comes across like a little bit too much in the sense of like, you know, trainers are fantastic, you know, 60 minutes, they're going to be there. They're going to, they're going to earn some dollar and they're going to end up leaving. But you're having those conversations that are the difficult conversations, but are the ones that need to be had to, to help the longevity of this human being. Right. And to help everything about this person rather than just, okay, what was your performance like in the gym? Or did you break a PR on your like mile time or whatever? Like, okay, the, the physical and the performance is fantastic and it's a, it's brilliant, but it's only a tool that we use to, to improve upon ourselves as, as people rather than just, you know, we are great in the four walls of the gym. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. And I've, I've been both myself. I've been the trainer, you know, you show up for the, the workout and then you go home and that's about it. You know, you get, you get it set up and then tell them what to do and, and then leave. But I love the aspect of being a coach. And I, I, I think the term health coach is, is kind of vague because I feel like a lot of times I wear so many different hats where sometimes it feels like I'm more of a therapist in some ways than a nutrition coach, or I just program your workouts. It's, I am there helping these women through things that they've never really opened up about. But the difference between a therapist and a coach is a therapist. And for anyone that may be a therapist that's listening, like this is just my understanding of the difference. But a therapist oftentimes tells you what to do or tells you things to cope with what you're going through. But for me, a coach gives you tools to work through it on your own and also with them. And I feel like that's the difference of what I do. I don't just say, well, it's about a Band-Aid on that. And I'm not trying to demean anybody, but I feel like with what I do personally, I'm able to give them tools that I myself have tried, other people have tried tested and true that they they work to help them through these different things but the thing is I'm not I'm not a cookie cutter coach I don't give everyone the exact same thing because Mm -hmm. our lives are not cookie cutter our stories are not the same our experiences are not the same our traumas are not the same so you can't at least I believe in order to help people create real change in their life you can't give everybody the exact same tools to work through a situation because yes the story may be very similar 
but the way someone internalizes a situation is very different from another person. So as a coach, I love that aspect where I really get to do the one-on-one deep dive with people of the pain that they're feeling and get to navigate that vulnerability that they're having. And I always tell my clients, like any clients of mine that are listening probably have heard me say this so many times that this is always a judge-free place. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to criticize you. And if you don't check off a workout or if you don't check off something in your calendar, I'm not going to judge you because I'm human too. And I understand that there are some times where some days you don't get your workout done because of whatever, and that's okay. So I, I love the difference between what I do with a, versus a trainer and a coach because I get to have those deep conversations. One of my favorite things is, you know, there, there's a difference between a client saying, I hit a weight goal in the gym and someone saying, I now feel comfortable being naked in front of my partner mm. for the first time in our, in our marriage. Like that brings me to tears because like they're both amazing, but the other one is like, wow, she feels comfortable enough with her body to not like be ashamed of her body in front of her partner. And I know that this is a a topic that sometimes, you know, some people feel uncomfortable, but some people are like, wow, I didn't realize that that's something that I struggled with that would be amazing to feel that way because I've never felt that way before. And I have these difficult conversations because they are things that maybe we think, but we don't verbalize them. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Like I, I've um, had experience in a conversation and even myself to an extent um, of people on the beach. Right. So I know I don't wear a two piece. Why? Oh, I can't. Why not? Because, like, I'm not this size. I'm like, does that fucking matter? You know, like, you know, it's completely down to you, right? And it, it goes back to that um, societal pressure of you need to be in this box to do these things. So then you start feeling those things towards yourself. And it's like, no, 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 it's got everything to do with, like, you and you, how you feel, right? And that feeling that you've gained from the coach, i.e. yourself, that is so much more important than any metric, right? So, okay, cool. Like you want to reach, let's say 150 pounds, right? Just going to throw it out there. But you want to reach 150 pounds, you want to reach 200 pounds, whatever. Okay, fantastic. You reach that goal. Great. Okay, it feels great for half a day, but you still feel like absolute garbage, right? You're like, well, is is that important anymore? Like, you know, it loses its value. Like winning a gold medal is fantastic. It gets a little shiny, right? But over time, it's going to get a little bit dusty. And you're going to look at it. It's like, well, I don't really get anything from that anymore. You know, I'm relying on that external object rather than how do you feel, man? How do you feel when you do this? How do you feel when you do that? And that confidence in front of another person, another human being, another complex organic thing, being physically naked, right? And yeah, okay, you're supposed to be the closest person on the planet because it's supposed to be your partner. 
it's still vulnerable. You know, we do, whether we like it or not, we do hide behind clothes. It is a coping mechanism in a way of like, I'm going to shelter up. You know, I'm going to wear the baggy fit because I don't want to show this for both males and females. Right. But I think for, for females, it's, it's more apparent and in more, in many more ways. And I think that's, um, I think you're doing amazing work of, of working towards the feeling rather than the metric. Thank you. And it's, I mean, myself, I can reflect back to when I was little, even when I was like six, seven, eight, I was, I was uncomfortable in a swimsuit at that. I remember being that young and wearing shorts because I didn't want people to see my legs or just being uncomfortable feeling that exposed at that young age. And I don't think we realize the effect that our words and what we say to ourselves or about other people in front of children, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. impact that has, because I don't know where that image you know, gap happened for me. I don't know who said what around me that made me think, Oh, what's wrong with my legs. And I can say for the first time in my life, I remember distinctly like last spring, I went to Hawaii for the first time. And I remember I did a post about it. I was like in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I had my bikini top on. I had shorts on and I just stood there and I was like, damn, I look good. <laughs> and so I, I took a picture and I was like, this is the first time in my life that I feel confident in a swimsuit. No, I don't have my perfect ideal body, but it's not about that. It's not about attaining the weight. It's not about the scale. It's not about the six pack or whatever. Mm. The image that we have in our mind of the image that we have to create with our body. And it, it is mental. It is being like, you know what? I may be a little bloated today. I may be retaining water. I may have not eaten great last couple of days and may not look my best, but you know what, regardless, I feel sexy, I feel strong, I feel good in my skin, regardless of not being perfect. And I think it, it, there comes a point where you have to realize nobody's body is perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect body. There is no such thing as this is the, the thing to attain to. And once you realize that and become comfortable and confident in knowing that your body is unique, your curves are unique, your build is unique, your genetics are unique, and you have something that nobody else has, it becomes like a, like a light bulb of nobody has what I have. And that makes me different. And I think that that for me personally was, was the light bulb moment for me of I am different. And, you know, I may not, <laughs> I may not have the tiny thighs that most girls have, but it's kind of funny how I joke about this online where when I was a teenager or even elementary school, teenager and adult, I genetically just have thicker thighs and a bigger butt than most girls, my weight. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I was always insecure about. Because I was, I was seriously bullied for having 
thick thighs like girls in elementary school were like why are your legs so big and they would like make a circle with their hands like they would wrap their hands around their thighs and then come around and try to wrap around my thighs and they're like look how much bigger yours is and that became like a serious insecurity for me my whole life and it's crazy how now that's what girls want Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's funny how that that shift happened, but it's like I dealt with so much pain for so long for having something that everybody wants now. Like, <laughs> why was I bullied for this for my whole life? It's just it, it's so interesting how trends change because the trend when I was growing up was the thigh gap. Every girl wanted the thigh gap. And so I think we have to remember, just like diets, body image trends change, fashion trends change, you know, our our filters on our, our social media trends change. Like Trends change, but that doesn't mean that you have to try to morph your body to fit the trend. Yeah, trend, trends are a really weird one, right? We're all tra- we all know we're different and we have uniqueness in some way or shape or another, right? But then we all try and mold ourselves to be the same. And it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like this whole societal trend doesn't doesn't make any sense. If you like come out of it and look at it objectively, you're like, um, what are we doing? Right. If I'm 5'10 and someone's 6'10 and someone's 4'10 and we're all trying to look the same, that's that's it's not gonna work. <laughs> right. If like if I am a weightlifter and and you train running, for example, and run hundred mile races all the time, I'm like, we're not gonna be the same. Just we we you know, we we're in this organic thing that just adapts to stimuli and I think um, embracing your uniqueness in your DNA of okay like yeah you might be uh, a larger a smaller a thicker a, a thinner a, a wider a narrower person I'm like okay great but I'm going to tell you what's what's beautiful and that's confidence right if you're able to know who you are mentally emotionally and then also physically right know who you are and love yourself for that that's what's beautiful, not the polystyrene mannequin that we put clothes on and stick outside of H&M and be like, oh, this is absolutely perfect because of the proportions and whatever. It's like, no, 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 it's, that's that's not beautiful. That's just kind of like a, a, an object. Like beauty, beauty is, is, is the confidence that shines, shines out through someone's eyes of like, this is who I am. And guess what, motherfucker? It's a fuck you energy, right? Because it's like, if you don't like it, fuck you. It doesn't matter because I'm the one who's seeing myself in the in the mirror all the time. I'm the one living in that shell. And that's that's the beauty. And I hope, I really, really hope ladies hear that and feel that. Right. And also have the metaphorical balls to be like, hey, if you don't like that, speaking to someone else, if you don't like that, then fine. Go fuck yourself. Cause I'm living in this thing, and this is the only thing I'm gonna get to live in on this planet. Right. And if we only truly live once, then this is the only one I'm ever going to have. 
right? It will change, it will adapt, it will grow, it will shrink, it will bleed, like everything. But it's the confidence behind someone that that's that's the beauty. Yeah, something that I hear a lot is it's just my genetics. It's just, you know, I have heart problems. It's just my genetics. And I think that sometimes we use that as a cop-out in the health industry. But what people don't realize is that as far as like your health genetics, not talking body genetics, but health genetics, that makes up 20% or less of the health problems in your life. The rest is up to you. 80% is up to you. But as far as the body part, you're right. It does come back to the mindset. When, at least thinking back to when I was super insecure, I did not have a mindset routine. I did not have anything around my mindset to help me work on my confidence when I was super insecure. It was when I would see a confident woman, I would get angry. It was it, I saw it as arrogance. I didn't see it as, wow, she's so beautiful. I love everything about her because I was not confident in myself. I was just like, wow, she's stuck up. But that was my insecure <laughs> lack of confidence coming out and wanting to hit that head on. I, I was an internal battle. But something that people don't realize with confidence is that when someone is truly confident in themselves and they love themselves unconditionally physically emotionally mentally all of that they don't look at other people and tear them apart they they look at other people through this judge-free lens mm -hmm. they just see them as beautiful creatures and love them as they are and I call that humble confidence. There's mm -hmm. a huge gap between humble confidence and arrogant confidence. And arrogant confidence is that realm of fake it till you make it. At least that's how I see it. And humble confidence is the true raw confidence of someone that has found themselves, work through those insecurities, has come to the point where they understand that they're not perfect, but they love themselves and everybody as they are. And it takes a serious amount of time to get to that point. And people think that once I have the body type, I will get there. I'm here to mm. tell you, I've tried that. I've tried attaining that perfect body type, whatever you attain, you know, view as perfect, but everyone has their own image of what a perfect body type is, right? And the one that I was attaining to, I tried, didn't quite get there because I didn't have the mental confidence to see myself as having that perfect body type. And it's kind of interesting because I did not have the mental capacity to see that I had the same 
build as this woman that I was attaining to look like, people would say, wow, you could get up on stage and do what she does. She just won a bikini competition and you're leaner than she is. You could, you could do it. But because I was not confident in my head, I couldn't see that. I just was picking myself apart and thinking, oh, well, I, I just need to work on this part, work on this part, and then I'll look like her. But this is the mental part is the piece that I focus very heavily on with my clients because your mindset is the center of your life. And if you have a crappy mindset, if you don't prioritize your mindset, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to get what you want and you're always going to be unsatisfied or look at yourself as less than. And so people oftentimes come to me with, I just want to lose this much weight. And I'm like, that's great. I'm happy for you. But <laughs> I'm going to make you do mindset work, yep, whether you like it or not. I mean, I can't make you do it. But I'm going to give you the tools and I'm telling you, your frame, your body type, you are not meant to lose another 15 pounds. So let's break down why you feel like you need to lose 15 pounds. And oftentimes it comes down to, well, my sister-in-law, you know, she dropped her baby weight really fast. And I just want to lose my baby weight really fast. I said, okay, well, is, is she happy or is she still super unsatisfied? So I think sometimes we look at what other people, men or women are doing and think, if I just get that, then I'll be fine. I'll be happy once I get that. Okay, but then what? It's, it's not magic. It's not once you lose the 15 pounds, you're happy. It doesn't work like that. You're still going to be unhappy. You're going to want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So that's why you have to bring in the, the mental piece of, of really getting to grips with who you are, what you want, why you want it, and going from there. And that's why with, with goal setting, I think that's a piece that we really miss is the, the emotional connection to the goal. And I think that's a huge reason why people don't achieve their goals is they have no emotional connection to it. I think um I think people think they want something right um and when you actually dig a little bit deeper they usually want something completely different right which is yeah. it goes into the whole mindset versus oh let me just lose that 15 pounds right like and honestly like I don't know what it's like for you but speaking uh on my behalf is I was always kind of scared to ask how people are doing upstairs, right? Because it was this taboo topic and every fucking media source tells you it's a taboo topic and you can't tell someone or you can't ask someone uh, how their mental state is, right? And I kind of got to the position where, because I do exactly the same thing as, as you. I was like, all right, well, you know, the program that I write and that you will do is like 20% of the entire work, Right depending on the athlete. Some of them are in three times a week. Others are like serious competitors and obviously are training a lot more. But um, it's it's not the whole 
it's not the whole uh, picture. Like there's many, many more pieces to that puzzle and you're going to have to go home and, and do some, do some homework on yourself. Right. And work on that morning routine to get your head in the right position. But I started asking those questions. I was like, I, you know, on one of my, I basically made a little parkour. And one of the questions is, how's your mental health? Right. And like, people don't, people don't like getting asked that question, but usually if you fucking shoot straight and be like, listen, man, I'm here to help you. And I'm going to give you so much of time and my energy. And I'm going to tell you the, the goddamn truth. Right. If it is a spade or if it is a bad card in my hand, I'm going to tell you exactly the way it is. Right. And I, I expect it back. And honestly, every single time I've done that, they've turned around and be like, you know what? I've noticed in recent times that I cover things up with alcohol or I struggle in social situations or actually, Alex, mental health is really shit. Uh, I kind of cover it up with going to the gym all the time. I'm like, okay, cool. Now we can, now we can work on that. Cause then it just links back to their gym goals. It links back to everything else. And, you know, you want to improve this person's life. Never mind, just get them good inside of a gym or good on a treadmill, right? That's fantastic. It's a tool, you know, it's, it's going to make you feel great. And that's part of our job is to get them that result. Yeah, that's, that's great. But like, how do you feel, man? You know, not, oh, what did you hit? What number? How many reps? It's like, how do you feel? I feel amazing. Cool. I don't need to know how many reps you got then. <laughs> yep. And asking someone about their, their mental state, their mental health, how they're feeling is not something that was socially acceptable even five years ago. People no, didn't talk no. about that. And no one talked about mental health. Like if someone openly said they had ADHD or depression or bipolar, something was wrong with them. That's labeled how it was crazy, right? Something was wrong with them. labeled as crazy in some sense. And, you know, heaven forbid you take medication, like, mm wow, what's, what's wrong with you? Uh, so being able to tell people it's okay, it's okay to not be okay is really a freeing thing. And I, I tell my clients, like, it's okay if you're not feeling great. Sometimes you're not going to feel great and that's okay. But there's something that one of my coaches told me about a year and a half ago is resistance causes more resistance. And that's mm. something that I teach my clients of. Yeah. Right. When I heard that, I was like, wow. Okay. When you are forcing something, like when you're forcing yourself to go to the gym, cause that's kind of the, the state that we're in a lot of times is like, well, just do it. If you, even if you don't feel like it, well, you know what, sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself today is to turn on the bathtub, put some salt in there and just relax. Just listen to some music, just do nothing. Sometimes that is just what your mind needs. Mm. Sometimes that's what your body needs. Pushing just to push. You're going to hit a burnout at some point. And being someone that, I mean, my name online is Nettie nonstop. Like people tell me, you just go nonstop. That's kind of where it came from. It's like, I just go, 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 go. 
and that's just kind of my personality but I hit burnout too like I hit burnout last December hard and trying to get myself to work out trying to get myself to do anything just like that pushed me physically was like I really just don't want to do this but I found that I just needed a break I needed to journal I needed to basically do nothing to allow my mind to hit the reset button and then it was like after Christmas like a light went off and it was like my cup was full again because I let my cup, you know, dry out and I had nothing left. I was depleted. But the thing is, you have to constantly fill up your cup every day in some way. And Oprah uses this example of filling your cup every day. It doesn't have to be full, but don't let it dry out. Because if your cup is dry, you, you can't give to anybody else. And something that I teach my clients is to fill your cup first thing in the morning. Mm. As women, especially, and men do this too. My male clients do this too, that we give to everybody else our whole day. Mm. And then if we get a workout and we give an hour to ourselves a day or 30 minutes to ourselves a day, that's not enough. That I mean, that feeds your body. And I think oftentimes we a lot of people view their workout as their mental health. But I'm here to tell you, if your exercise is your only form of mental health, that's a problem. And I know that's uncommon, unpopular belief, but I've done that. And when I did that, I was the most insecure, low self-esteem person in the gym. It wasn't until I took my mindset elsewhere, at home, in the car, like talking to myself, doing my gratitude prayers in the car, or just listening to uh, affirmations or a podcast while I'm doing my grocery shopping. Like people say, you there's no, they don't have time to do their mindset. If you have time in the car, if you have time to watch reels, if you have time to watch Netflix, if you have time to dilly-dally doing random things, you have time to fill your cup and focus on your mindset. It's a priority. So going back, I teach my clients that first thing in the morning, they need to do something for their mindset. And I don't tell them what to do because every day it's gonna be different. Every day your mental health needs are going to be different. And that's where you have to learn to go inside and say, okay, what, what does my heart need today? And go off of that. Some days you may need a kick in the butt. You may need to pull up a Denzel Washington motivational speech. You may need to oh, yeah. listen to David Goggins. You might need to have that kick in the butt, but then some days you need silence. Some days you need to just get on the yoga mat and stretch. You need to pull out the foam roller and just roll out your muscles and sit in peace, sit with your thoughts. And that's the problem is we are in a, in a day and age where we don't allow ourselves to get bored. We don't allow ourselves the time to listen to our thoughts. And that's a problem 
if mm-hmm. you constantly have background noise, if you constantly have the TV on, if you constantly are being entertained, like if you're standing in the grocery checkout line and you're just bored, so you check your phone or just watching dumb things just be, to fill that moment, you need to stop and look and listen to your thoughts because I think that's part of the problem is we don't listen to what's going on inside of us. We're constantly blocking that out with something else. I fucking love you for saying that because that is literally like I'm talking to a mirror. Like it's it's what I say to to everybody, whether they just want a coffee with me and to learn a little bit and have a conversation or it's, it's people actually working with me or it's just talking to mates. You know what I mean? It's like, team like we we've we've got to do better for ourselves and the world spins so fast and you know if you wake up the big one for me and a big pet peeve for me is when people wake up and the first thing they do is check the phone right and i'm like hold on a minute like you don't even know what what time it is or what day it is right you've woken up you're sleepy as hell you know you, you've got a million and one things to do in that day and then you're allowing the world to dictate how you feel because then that's just going to end up speeding up your, your mind rather than waking up slowly. And it's like, team, we got, we got time differences. You know, if you're absolutely kicking ass because you're halfway through your day and you're crushing it and you're netting nonstop for Christ's sake, like you're doing a million and one things at once. And I wake up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, I'm sleepy as hell. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I check my phone and I see you're doing, a million and one things. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough. It's like we're in completely different parts of the day, right? You don't just follow people on your Instagram or TikTok or whatever with people in the same time zone. Time zone as you, you follow people from all over the world, so you're always bombarded with this productivity and all this, all this noise, right? And you're like, guys, like, you know, even even the world needs to sleep. You know, half of the Half of the day, half of the 24 hours, well, not half, but part of the 24 hours is um, is darkness, you know? It needs to sleep. You need to rest. You calm down. Like, set yourself first, and then you can go attack the day. And that, me personally speaking, for myself, has been a massive thing. You know, I'd get up and I'd work. I, like, it got really bad back home. Just situationally, I kind of had to do it. Um, was I used to work like 18, 18 hour shifts um, across like four different jobs. And then I was pretty much running a gym at the time. So everybody, everybody would come to me with any problems. And if I got up in the middle of the night for a piss, um, I would sit down simply so I can go on my phone and answer an email or answer a message. And then I'll go back to bed. And I'm like, it's like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning midnight whatever time it is i'm like whoa what are you doing man like everything's engaged all the time the next thing you know i've got insomnia and i can't i can't switch off like legitimately had a really bad problem and, and couldn't go to sleep and then we know the physiological issues that can be caused by that and it all comes down to you know setting yourself first and 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 that mental well-being and then you find like you know, things that you're passionate about, you're super passionate about. You know, I'm sure people have seen a difference in yourself of, okay, now 
you're doing the work for you. And then the things that fill your cup absolutely ram your cup and you're like on fire, let's go, like absolutely light you up, right? So if we were working together and you were absolutely worn out and I'm like, oh, I feel better in my body, um, like looking at my, myself in the mirror naked or whatever, you know, you'd be, you'd be pretty fired up by that, but you're also drained. You have nothing in you. So you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. Fantastic. Let's keep going. But if you look after yourself and I send you the same message and we catch up, you're like absolutely lit up. Like someone's just let you out of the races and you're like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. I need to go throw some weight around because I'm like fizzing. So, it, it, you know, it, it goes back to you've got to look after yourself. You've got it because no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, and sometimes we we forget that, that we have to look after ourselves and we have to become our best friend. Yeah. And some people have a really hard time being alone. And I think that goes back to the factor of we feel that we need to be constantly entertained. But there is such a, a liberation when you feel comfortable you feel okay being alone and I think there's a difference between being alone and being lonely yes but I tell my clients like even if they're in a relationship to take themselves on a date and I think that we often think that when we're gonna go do something go somewhere we have to be with somebody we always have to be with somebody but Sometimes just going and doing something by yourself is showing yourself that you are your best friend and you don't have to have someone by your side to be okay, to be, to feel like you're not alone. Um, and that was something that I had to do for myself. Like I would go buy myself flowers. I would go do things by myself and, people would say like, wow, you do everything like by yourself. Like you're always by yourself. I'm like, I'm my best friend and I, I'm okay being by myself. And, but, you know, back to filling your cup first and, and looking after yourself, I found that December, a huge reason why I was so burnt out is because I was doing exactly what you're talking about. First thing in the morning, I would immediately check my email, check all my texts, check everything. And I would get super, like before I even got out of my bed, mm. I was drained again. And I would find myself being like, oh, I haven't even gotten out of bed and I'm exhausted. And so new year, I was like, this is a problem. <laughs> I need to stop doing this. And I found that I got completely out of my routine. I got out of my rhythm. And I'm like, wow, I'm here telling my clients that they need to have a routine. They need to do this, do that. And I'm out of mind. I'm not even doing that. Like that is so hypocritical for me to say, get in your routine. Don't check your phone. And here I am first thing checking my phone. But I didn't even realize I was doing it. It became a habit. It was just like reactionary, turn off the alarm, grab the phone, look at everything. But now I, you know, I'll turn off my alarm, but 
oftentimes now I wake up before my alarm. So I made a goal beginning of the new year, the first hour of my morning, and sometimes it turns into an hour and a half because I'm just having so much fun. But like the first hour of my morning, I don't check all my notifications. I don't check my Instagram. I don't check all the things. I immediately will turn on like calming music or I'll turn on a motivational speech. Um, I'll pull out the foam roller and I'll roll out my muscles or or start stretching, just kind of like waking myself up. I'll turn on the water pot and I'll make my tea. I, and then I will put on my headphones and I'll, I'll meditate. And then usually that's when like some creativity comes out and then I pull out my journal and I just start writing. And it's my morning has become like, I crave my mornings, my morning routine. And I love it. And I feel like I'm so much more energized. Like my day starts off on a different note where after an hour, I'm like, I I forget that I need to check all my notifications. And now I just do it on my computer. So I use my phone a lot less and I don't feel as, as tired and I don't feel like I need coffee to wake up first thing in the morning where before it was like, I can't get enough coffee. Like I feel so tired. I just want to go back to bed. But I don't think we realize that there is a cortisol exchange going on when we do that. And what I mean by that is your cortisol is your, your stress hormone. That's, that's what wakes you up. It is the balance of your melatonin, that hormone that puts you to sleep. That's what helps you go to sleep is by your, your melatonin levels rising and your cortisol dropping. So that's what happens when you go to sleep. And then when you wake up, your melatonin drops and your cortisol rises. But when we are looking at a, at a blue screen, aka our phone or the TV first thing in the morning, that rises our cortisol even more. Blue light does that to us. And then if you're having your coffee on top of that, that rises it even more. And then if you're going into a workout without any food in your belly, without any water, it rises it even more to the point where your body is just like, what are you doing to me? And freaks out. And then you hit this burnout moment. And that's what most people are doing to themselves. And then on top of that, when your cortisol levels are super, super high and you're dehydrated and you don't have food in your stomach, you start storing fat. Cortisol you know, we find this in like middle-aged men, oftentimes when you hit a midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. men or women start storing more fat around their belly. Cortisol does that. And there, there is a correlation. And I don't think people realize that we are in this cycle and we do this to ourselves and we want to blame, (laughs) we want to blame genetics. We want to blame, I'm just a dad. I, I just do this. I just do that. I'm just a busy person okay, you may be a busy person, you may have all these things on your plate, but it ultimately comes down to these habit cycles that you have created. And you're kind of putting yourself into this hole, but you're not climbing out of it by realizing that you're in this habit cycle. And that's what I help my clients with is like, all right, what habit cycles do you subconsciously have? And let's kind of backtrack them a little bit. But it is something that we constantly have to work on. It's not a destination, just like confidence. It's not a destination. 
it's something that if you don't work on it consistently, your confidence is going to go back down. Just like your mental health. If you don't work on it, it's going to go back down the drain. Just like your, your fitness. We've all found that when we slack on our fitness, we get out of shape. It's no different. Our mental health is no different than not being consistent with your workouts. And a big one that most people end up tripping up on is the old sleep, right? You know, like cortisol gets jacked with so many things and then you, you don't sleep enough. It's also going to be like, oh, wow, we, we kind of need to be awake now. We're not sleeping enough, we're not resting because we're in danger. Okay, cool, we're going to jack this up further. It's usually when people end up uh, crashing at right? two, between like 1 and 3 p.m., right? Because they've got no longer got any cortisol left for that day. Like they literally just nada they're they're done you know and that's when it's just pounding the caffeine and just to get them to the end of the day so they can lie on the couch and watch netflix and it's just a negative spiral you know like testosterone's going to go down natural energy is going to go down you know your motivation for things will go down which then doesn't help with energy and doesn't help with interactions with other people and your mental health's going to go down so it's like see like it's not rocket science but it's also not easy because it takes you consistently working on these things, right? Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. So what it takes on, on, on building you is like, okay, cool. Like, what are you going to go in and work out for five hours? Great. Okay. But then you're, you're spent for the week. I was like, I would rather you go in and give me 20 minutes. Right and give me half an hour, five days a week, and you create a habit. Same thing with a, with a mental state too. And that's the thing is something is better than nothing. Mm. And I think that's where we get caught up is, oh, I don't have, I don't have 40 minutes. I don't have an hour to work out. Well, you don't, you don't have to do a full workout in that sense. You can do five minutes of sit-ups or push-ups, squats, something that puts resistance on your muscles. And that's going to make a difference than doing nothing. Yep. And I think that's where we get caught up is I don't have the time. Okay. Well, I mean, I've been that weird person in the airport when you have a six hour layover I'm over there doing squats or I have, I'm doing Bulgarian split squats with my foot up on the, on the chair, like, or I'm stretching or I'm doing yoga on the corner in the corner. Like you have the time. You may look like a weirdo. You may, <laughs> but you know what? It's your health. It's your body. And I guarantee you there's going to be someone that will see you and be like, Oh, I should do that. I work a lot with, um, a lot of my clients happen to be women in the medical field and they are very, very busy people. Your yeah. day is nonstop. And a lot of them don't have time to eat or go to the bathroom. Like they're just go, go, go. But when they're writing notes, oftentimes that's when my clients will get their, their movement in is they will, they'll get into like, a wall sit almost without the wall and they'll write some notes and they'll hold that for a minute or they'll do some type of movement or they'll do push-ups on like a incline push-ups on their desk like if if a surgeon can make the time between 
surgeries and notes to get a five, 10 minute workout in or go walk the stairs for 10 minutes. Like we can all get movement in mm -hmm. and you don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to have a crazy home gym to do all the things like it just comes down to priority. Priority is everything. And what we prioritize is what we spend our time in time on. And that is one of the things that I have my clients evaluate in their life first is I make them for a full day, write down what they spend their time on. And a lot of them will be like, wow, I didn't realize how much time I spent scrolling Pinterest or Instagram or just doing nothing. <laughs> mm. And if you write down how much time you spend doing all the things in your day, I guarantee you can find some time to take care of yourself. And I know we always kind of go back to like the, the workout part of taking care of ourselves. But taking care of yourself is more than, is way more than just getting a workout in. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that we have to, I think that's something that we're working on in the health realm online, especially, is talking about the, th the things that we talked about today is, is the mental health, is recognizing that we are all different and that we all are unique. And it's, I remember when I started as a health coach online, I, I would look at other coaches pages, you know, with like tons of followers and their page looks so beautiful. And I, I was like, wow, okay. If I just kind of copy what they say, what they do, then maybe that that's just how I should do it. That's the way to do it apparently. But then my coach was like, no, like that's not you. That's not your message. That's not how you teach things. So what's the point in copying somebody else? And so that's where I had to, you know, dive deep within and be like, all right, what do I believe? What have I experienced? What, what have I done that worked and worked for me in my life? And I do believe that like what, what I'm doing is different. I'm not trying to say like, <laughs> I'm special, but like my, my program is different. And I feel like my approach, my, my views on things are different in a sense that you can't just go to the gym and all of a sudden be a healthy person. Mm -hmm. Health is mind, body, spirit. And if you don't balance all three, you're going to be out of balance. And that's something that I, I teach my ladies, especially, I do have male clients, I will say that, but I primarily work with women. But if you don't balance your mind, body and spirit, you're going to feel out of balance. And for everyone that looks completely different. And that's where we have to look at, all right, am I prioritizing my mind, body and spirit? And for some people, spirit might be their religion. For some people, it might be, you know, the more hippie side. It might be being out in nature. Um, but something that I teach is, like, go somewhere where you – everybody's different. Everyone speaks to everyone is different. That's um, fucked me up, but, the more hippie side. 
I don't know. There's so many different words to describe it now. I'm like, we'll just generalize this. Hippie it is. <laughs> um, that was great. So, <laughs> but I teach my clients like every once in a while, go somewhere where there you have no cell service, where there's no distractions, somewhere where you can't hear cars, where you're in complete silence, where you are forced literally forced to be with yourself. Mm. And I know for myself, like going up in the mountains where I literally cannot use my phone for anything. (laughs) It, It recharges me. And I think sometimes we just have to shut our phone off. Just maybe you need to try like slowly for five minutes, for 10 minutes and slowly build up to just shut your phone off and you will be surprised how much more you get done (laughs) in a day or how much more focused you are because we naturally just like check our phone Mm -hmm. constantly. So that's something that I would challenge anyone that's listening, like try shutting your phone off for a certain period of time every day. Just try Mm -hmm. it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. When was the last time that you you left the house without your phone? Like for the average person, you know? So oh, I can't, or even like fucking changing rooms. You know, you go in the toilet, you pick up your phone, you put it in your pocket. You might not actually use it, but you just got to be with you at all times. You know what I mean? It's like, but no, that's an addiction, man. Like you, you that that's, a, that's an issue. You know, for people like ourselves, it's a bit difficult sometimes because we can work on our phones. It's usually how we communicate with a lot of people. I know you said, you use a lot more of your of your computer now which is which is awesome but i know with me like i i do a lot of work on my phone so you know it that makes things difficult and i have to relay that on to uh friends and family basically be like listen i'm not going to want to talk to you because i look at my phone or a computer screen or use these as tools to work pretty much all day so if you want to like text me to just oh yeah let's text and hang up no come fucking see me and we'll have a conversation (laughs) right and we can actually see each other face to face i can give you a hug you know like we can we can do all that stuff away from technology like we just rely on i'm gonna lie on my couch and you're five minutes down the road and you're gonna lie on your couch and we're gonna we're gonna catch up with each other and see how each other's day's been via text message it's like we, we're five minutes away. Get up and go see each other. You know what I mean? Like, get up and just, hey, have you been? You know, no one knocks on your door anymore. No one turns up to your house because it's like, oh, I can't just turn up to the house. I've got to make sure they're in. I've got to make sure it's okay. I was like, you're like best friends. Of course, you can just turn up to the house. If they're not in, you just go. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, leave your phone where it is. I think spending time on your own, in nature is definitely a recharger for me. Like that's super special. Like even yesterday, yesterday got too much yesterday. Like just, you know, waves crash over you. I was like, I'm not getting anything done. Anything that I am getting done is not my best. And uh, I need a timeout right now because the rest of the day is going to be crazy. This morning has been crazy. Tomorrow is going to be mental. Yesterday was mental. I'm like, no, I need a timeout. I need to go to the beach. I need to go see the sea. Right. So I literally it was like 15 minute drive, drive there, get a coffee, 
do some writing, i.e. poetry, looking at a sea. Cool. I spent like 20 minutes there, maybe. Right, but I'm just like, I needed that time. I'm completely away. I'm not even, I'm not on my phone because I just kind of spend some time on my own. Like, people think you're crazy. Oh, it's the crazy guy that comes on his own, right? Orders a coffee, sits down and always brings a notepad and pen. Like, what a fucking freak, you know? Like, what does he do? Does he not have any mates? So I was like, I've got plenty of mates. They're in my head, you know? I'm joking. But, um, you know, like <laughs> like you said, like um, being your own best friend, learning to sit in your own space. You learn who you are, good and bad, positive and negative, like strength and weakness. And separating yourself from the speed of the world so you can, you know, get back in tune with, with the person you are and also the earth. I think the earth is a very healing healing thing and I think we've become very disconnected from it like we put concrete on on organic matter right and wonder why we get floods it's like this doesn't make any sense right like we we treat it like shit and get really upset when it bites back right it's like poking a bear continuously and then when it swipes and smacks us in the face you're like oh why are you doing that I was like you know we we need to work in unison with it and connecting back to the to the earth to yourself is only ever going to help you then connect with others i think first of all good for you for doing that for yourself and thank you going and being with yourself i think that is something that we could all value from and sometimes we get caught up in the the hustle mindset of I just have to do more. I got to do my to-do list. And I've learned that just because you're doing more doesn't mean you're getting more done. Mm -hmm. And we just, we just go, we just go and go and go until we can't go anymore. And (laughs) you talked about, uh, we don't go see each other anymore. We don't knock on each other's door. My dad was always a really good example of this. We'd be driving home from the grocery store or from a job he was doing. And he would just pull into someone's driveway. And I'm like, who are we going to go see? And he's like, I don't know. I kind of want to go see this person right now. And if they didn't answer right away, he would walk in their back door and they're out there having a barbecue. And my dad would just like let himself in. (laughs) Um, But most people loved it. Most Most people love being seen. They love having someone come see them because via text message email there's not a whole lot of connection and I think this is something that we all realize that we miss during the major chaos of the the pandemic where we weren't allowed to see people or have parties or get together and go to concerts like it's one of those things where you don't realize how much you love it, how much you need it until it's taken away. Yeah. And we we all crave connection on some level. And I think that forced us to realize what forms of connection we value most. And now that we're a lot of us, depending what part of the world we're in, we're able to do a lot more of those things. But if that was taken away tomorrow, Again, 
what would you do? Like, we don't realize how valuable this time is. And it's amazing during the, you know, the major chaos of the pandemic. It's like, oh, I wish I could just go see so-and-so. I wish I could just go to this. But now that we can, we don't do it. And sometimes it comes down to just talk. And what is holding you back from actually doing that thing? And sometimes I think we, we just do a lot of talk, but not a lot of action. And I would encourage you, like, go see that family, go see those friends, go on those trips, go see those people that mean the most to you because life is short, guys. Like, you don't know when you're going to see them next. You don't know when that could be taken away from you. And I, I don't like the doomsday <laughs> mentality, but I'm just saying, like, be present, not just be present with yourself, like we've been talking about, but be present with the people in your life. Be spontaneous. Go do road trips. Go do meet up somewhere. Like, just make connections with those people in your life that you value. And talk to strangers. I think this is something that we don't do much anymore. Yeah, totally. Just talking to people, just saying hi to people. And I know sometimes the masks really make that hard to connect with people, but even like the mask is not covering your eyes. Like you could still make eye contact with people. And that's something that we don't do anymore. We don't make eye contact with people. Mm. And that is something that we need. Eye contact is a form of connection mm. and people need to be seen. They need to be valued. You know, as we talked about last time, being kids that were quiet, oftentimes, I mean, I personally felt like I was invisible. And so just having someone notice you, that you exist, and acknowledging you was like, wow, okay, I'm not invisible. This is, this is great. <laughs> someone noticed me. Someone remembered my name <laughs> and they spelt it right. <laughs> but <laughs> just little things make people feel loved. And you never know what's going on in someone's world. You don't know how lonely they are. Um, I, I, a couple months ago, like started going to a coffee shop like once a week or every other week just to have some sort of connection because I think a lot of us work from home now and we don't get that connection. And so just to have some sort of human interaction, I would go to a coffee shop and I ended up making friends with this guy who was homeless that would come into the Starbucks on Thursdays and he knew me by name and I knew him by name and we, we would just catch up and, you know, it was just, I mean, it's the person that everyone's like, oh, they're obviously homeless. Don't talk to them. But you can never judge a book by its cover because the conversations I had with this individual were so deep. Like, he was very, very smart. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the, the aesthetics of a person. But, I mean, I've talked to some people that, maybe aesthetically looked like they had it all together, but it was, 
that conversation was not going anywhere and that there was no depth to that conversation <laughs> and so you really just cannot you cannot look at a person and judge the depth of that person and their story and really just look at people as people and get to know them some of the the greatest connections i've made is when i stepped out of myself and stopped feeling sorry for myself and stopped getting into my head of I'm the victim, I'm poor me, and stepped out and was like, everybody has a story. Everybody has had shit happen to them or had you know crazy things happen in their world. And just look at people as people and just be open to hearing people's stories. And never ever jump into a conversation with assumptions about a person because I mean people will jump into conversations with me and make assumptions about me or will judge me based on my following online and honestly yes my following has grown but I don't feel any different now than I did when I had 500 followers I'm still me and I think we put people on a pedestal based on the numbers, based on the labels that they're wearing. But in the end, we're all just people. Yep. You know, all came from somewhere. I think people's stories is such a beautiful thing. It adds so much beauty to, to life. You know, hearing people's stories of, of where they came from, who they were, who they are now, why that changed, like little twists and turns along the way, some triumphs, some t- you know, tribulations, some like real bad shit and some real fucking amazing shit. You know, I, that story, that tale, you know, we go to the pictures, we go to the movies, we pay hard earned money to watch stories. We read books to read stories, right? Yet we we like to be this this perfect example of a human being. We like to just kind of look at each other and judge each other from from the from the front cover right or the back cover depending on what type you are right so it it doesn't make any sense you know that is like such a small aspect of who that person is you know just like the the clothes they wear the physical being if they're in shape or not like that's uh it's so small it's such a minute thing to, to who that that person really is. And I think it's such a shame when people don't take the time and and hear and listen to people's stories. Like that that you making friends with that homeless guy has really won my heart. I hope you know that. Oh, thank you. I don't know. I think I I love talking to people that maybe don't aren't the first person that people want to talk to. (laughs) And I I think it goes back to feeling like that kid that did not feel seen, that felt invisible to the world. And so I think naturally from that, I have an eye for seeing the person in the room that is unseen. And that, that comes from being the person that felt unseen. Yeah. It's in those, you got empathy, you know. That... Yeah, it develops a place of empathy. That's that's exactly right. Mm. You can only have empathy from experience. Mm. You can't fake empathy. 
Nah, there's there's no way. Yeah. Now you can fake sympathy, no problem, but empathy is intangible. It's the feeling that goes with it, right? And uh, like, yeah, that's that's real. That's really touched me. Like I've 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 been that guy. Um, you know, I I I joke quite quite regularly of like um, the last ten pairs of shoes. Um, I've owned have all been given to me and I joke about it because it's, it's quite funny, but it's also true. Um, because, uh, yeah, like a while ago, like how long, maybe four years ago and two years ago, I was here. Um, I was living in the gym, right? So I had holes in my holes in my clothes and I couldn't pay rent and I didn't have a place to stay. And I've lived in my car. I've lived in a couple of gyms, like, I've been that guy with no place to go, like sleeping on a hard floor with an av mat as a pillow with a hood up, not knowing how he's going to eat next. And things go missing, quote unquote, read between the lines um, to able for you to eat. And it, you know, you get yourself out of that situation and, and then present it with a group of people where you can have conversations with and it really, really hurts my soul when when homeless people get such a fucking bad rep. Yeah, okay. Granted, some people are there because of them. Yeah, okay. Some people choose to be on the street. Like, no problem. Some people, in a way, deserve it because they've done whatever. Okay, fine. Fine. That's usually the minority, right? There's many more pieces to the puzzle. But you don't know that. And you also don't know that person. And you don't know why they ended up getting there. And uh, it's tough, you know, like you're presented with a option A or option B and option A is illegal and option B is the harder route, but it's legal. And you're like, well, what do you do? Like you, you can't say what you would do if you haven't been in that position. And it goes back, you know, kids are the same when they grow up in a, in a bad neighborhood and, single parent or orphan or, you know, poor family. And it really, really, really warms my soul that someone would grant another human being the opportunity to create that connection, that space between two people, um, regardless of this external, like, portrayed thing that, you know, oh, look at him, he's homeless, get fucked. He's probably a bad guy. you got no idea. This could be like Jesus. He could be the sweetest person on the planet. But what? Because like he's not showered this morning and his shoes have got holes in. I was like, my shoes have got holes in. Right? Are you going to judge me because of that? No, like judge me from the words that I spin coming out of my mouth. Judge me that how I how I treat other people. Don't you know? I have I have had that. Like I've had holes in my shit for a long time and. I don't give a crap because I've been in that position. Like, yeah. cool, great, but that, um, yeah, that warms my heart. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it, it just goes back to seeing the person as a person. And I mean, I remember. I mean, I personally um, grew up very poor, and people are often very surprised by that, but. 
it was very humbling to me. And I think it was my senior year of high school. There was a girl that wore the same outfit to track practice every day. And she got teased for it, you know, and I just, I didn't know her full story, but one day I gave her a ride home from practice and I saw (laughs) where she came from. And it was just like, wow, I, I'm poor, like my family's poor, but her family is much poor. And so my little sister was in the car with me and I said, we're going to go home. We're going to put a bag together, a workout clothes for her because she only has one outfit and she needs to stop being bullied for that. And that's not okay because I've been there. I've been the girl bullied. I mean, we couldn't afford extra clothes or, you know, most kids would get their, (laughs) their beginning of the school year shopping for new clothes. I never had that. And that's okay. I just got my, yeah, right. I just got my brother's hand-me-downs. I've brought three brothers just older than me. So I wore boys clothes because that's what, that's what we had. And so my sister and I went home and we just like put whatever in a bag. It was just like a bunch of random stuff. I was like, I don't even care. I will go to Goodwill later and I will get myself new clothes. Like I have money that I've earned. I will get myself clothes later. It's fine. And so we just like gave her this bag of clothes and um, she just like, she stopped. She just like hugged us and cried and was like, you have no idea how much this means to me. And then she told me her story and it was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not going to share her story because it's very, it's just to say it's, it's horrifying and it's sad. And it was just a very humbling moment for me because when I was feeling like I had nothing, poor me, I'm bullied. There's always somebody that has it worse. And not to say that that invalidates your story and what you've experienced. It it doesn't. That doesn't that doesn't mean that you can't be like, well, that sucked. That was rough. But there is always somebody that has it worse. And that is always humbling and reminds you of how blessed you are, how blessed you have been, and to be grateful for what you have. And, you know, this girl got adopted before her senior year of high school. She had, she had parents, but they were drug addicts. Mm. And her and her stepbrother were taking care of each other. They had nothing. And it was like, wow, I have two parents at home. They're not on drugs. Wow, I'm lucky. <laughs> like, just simple things like that. It's like, all right, everything's good in the hood. Like, I'm fine. And so it's just, it's important to, to take a step back, no matter what situation you're in, and not even judge. Don't even judge the person that's driving the Lamborghini. Because you don't know what they had to go through to get to where they are now. Even that person has a story. And just just look at the person as a person. Don't look at the things. Don't look at 
the what's, just look at the soul, look at the eyes. You can tell a lot of person, a lot about a person by their eyes. Yeah. And I think we've disconnected from that part of people in general. Yeah. I tell, I tell people, show me a set of eyes and I'll tell you how they feel. Like there is, there is a, there is a special connection you got and you can, you know, that it's so um, explanatory. You know, you look at someone in the eyes, you're like, cool. I get, you know, and if someone tells you something and then you look them in the eyes, you can see where that comes from. You're like, okay, this is totally, this is totally it. Like, for example, I remember, I remember my high school sweetheart, the last time I actually saw her, it's like, it's done. And I turned around, I looked her in the eye and I was like, okay, it's done. Not because she told me or whatever, literally because I saw her in her eyes. I was like, I know how she feels. She feels it's done. It's done. And you can, you can see that in someone's eyes and it's, it is a completely different level of connection. It is a completely different level of, um, of like um, explaining right and communicating communicating is the word i was thinking about looking for uh it's a completely different way of communicating <laughs> to people of like listen take this you're like okay i got you and um yeah. i think i think that goes back to doing the work with yourself and figuring figuring that out so then you can then empathize with other people because you've got to be able to have the capability of feeling things yourself to then understand someone else's emotion and um, I just want to say as a side note, like if if our entire conversation and previous conversation didn't highlight how much of a beautiful human being you are, then that last segment did. Like, I think that's really, really important. And if anyone's going to take anything away from it, I think it is exactly what you just said. Oh, thank you. And I, I mean... I don't share stories to say, look at me, what a nice person I am, but I can say that I've, I've been there. And I think oftentimes people will look at me online and think, oh, she's got it all together. She's athletic. She's a coach, whatever. But I'm a person. I, I've been through a lot. You know, we've all been through a lot and I think sometimes we just need to remember to see people as human beings and I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not better than anybody. And I think as a coach, that is something that I constantly have to remind myself, like just because I'm the coach doesn't make me any better. Doesn't mean I'm better than them or, you know, they're just, they're just a couple steps behind me. It doesn't, it doesn't make me higher than my clients. So I think we just look at the eyes, yep. see the person and ultimately take the time to see the person for who they are. And, you know, it's really hard online. I want to make people feel valued. I want to make people feel seen, but there's only so much I can do in the online sphere with messages and things like that. Um, my favorite thing is getting on calls with my clients and seeing their eyes. You know, we may communicate every day, but my favorite thing is seeing the person 
mm. and communicating with them. And nothing can replace that is seeing the person face to face. And, you know, as, as things grow in the online sphere and as, I mean, personally, I feel like my following has just like boomed lately. And it's just like, I don't feel like I can give everybody the time and attention that I want to. And that kind of is like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. And um, if anyone on here, you know, feels that, or if they've messaged someone that has a large following, they don't feel like they got the time of day. Just remember that their time is limited too. And they have a life outside of your message to them. So don't take it personally if they don't give you the time that you want from them. And ultimately, if you are looking for human connection, you got to go face to face. Mm. And, you know, sometimes that means getting a coach. Sometimes that means going and seeing somebody and that comes down to investing in yourself. And I think sometimes people want to have connection with a stranger online because that's free. <laughs> um, but if you are ultimately wanting help, if you're ultimately wanting to change something in your life, you know, just like putting gas in your car, if, if you want to go somewhere, you have to put pay for the gas in your car. If you want to change something in your life, you have to do something to change it. And you have to do the work and you have to invest in yourself. Just like getting a gym membership, if you're wanting to change your mindset, you have to find someone to teach you how to do that. Just like you have to have find someone to teach you how to do the workout or yeah. what to do. It's no different. I think you come across as authentic though. I think that's why people relate to you and things things have boomed recently is is um it's a it's a non-bullshit you know no bull should be netty no bull although that's copyrighted <laughs> you know yeah um, that's copyright yeah so someone else got that maybe don't do that you'll get into a lawsuit but um you know it, <laughs> you come across as real as a real person you know that's why we've had two conversations now and related on way too many levels you know it's um that that is what people crave and I think that's why yourself is doing very very well is authenticity thank you and I, I try to stay as authentic and as real as possible because I myself I mean I followed a lot of people that I looked up to but then it was like there's no real connection here they're a pretty person but I don't feel connected to them and I feel like they're putting on a show for the world I don't I don't know how to connect to this person and I don't want people to feel like that when they come to my community like I am me <laughs> the good the bad and the ugly like I I share my mess ups I don't share all my wins and I think that's what people love is like I share those moments where I biff it hard <laughs> during a workout or I stumble my words like I'm like well yep we, that just happened but that's okay and I think we have to be real with the world sometimes and show that we're all human and I'm not here to put on a show 
I'm here to create connections and I ultimately want to help people in their life. Like that's, I wanted to make bigger change. That's why I did not become a registered dietitian. I wanted to help people around the world with real things more than just here's a meal plan because giving someone just a meal plan may be helpful for some people, but I want to help on a deeper level with real things. And that's why I try to stay authentic and real online is that's what I do every day. And, you know, we have the conversations with my clients or with people that are potential clients and I'm like, all right, this may make you feel uncomfortable, but here we go. This is real. Um, I think that's beautiful, mate. I really do. Like, you know, if you wanted uh, the the pretty picture, you go to nine zero two one zero, right? You go stick on the 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 Netflix. You go to whatever. You know, we we all know where to go to get the the fake part. And I think it's a it's a really breath of fresh air to get someone who's super real, super authentic, um, and will tell you how it is and be like, right, this is going to be really difficult, right? I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be really difficult. However, you're not going to sit on that in that space on your own. I'm going to be there with you, right? But I can only ever, get, ever go so as far as you go. So if you take a step, I'm taking a step with you. But if you decide to leave, I can't. I can't help you with that. So you're going to have to do the work. But I'm going to be here guiding you. And I think that is. I think that's incredible. Like, you know, everyone can have admiration for and get motivation and inspiration from, from everything. But, um, being, being real is like, and having the whole package to me, that's, that's beauty. Right. Like many people, cause I'm quite fascinated with like definitions of certain words and, um, beauty is one of them. Like beautiful is one of them because people just think it's just this outer shell. Right. Or it's, um, like attraction or it's whatever it is. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that, that limits it to something so small, right? Like beautiful is meant to be such a strong word and such a encapsulating word, right? Um, and I think that is the whole compass, like the 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 weaknesses, the the real, the the stuttering, the the all that. I think that comes involved into this package, and I think um, I think that's beautiful. I think that's really really cool to see especially in the space of fitness, because obviously it's a passion of mine too. And I think that's um, something that we need to see more of. Oh, thank you. And I think that comes down to just being true to yourself. And for everyone, that's something different. And, you know, I thought that when I started this whole thing that I just had to have nice looking pictures and I just had to look a certain way and I kind of got wrapped up in the, all right, if I'm going to do this, I have to maintain this image. No, you don't. No. There is no image to follow. There is no perfect way to do it. It's just you being you, doing you. And I think it's it comes down to, it's no different than being out in the world and putting on a show per se with the way that you present yourself physically. I think a lot of people cover up how they truly feel about their self 
by the way that they dress. Mm -hmm. And I think that at least in my experience, some of the most insecure people I've met, like truly insecure and unhappy people I've met are the most Mm well-dressed because they're trying to cover something up. But you can't fake that for very long. Ultimately, that inner pain is going to come out in some sort form of ugliness, whether that be anger, whether that be jealousy, whether that be gossip, that comes out. And I mean, I used to, and I'm not proud of it, I used to gossip. And there came a point where I was like, this is really ugly. (laughs) This makes me look like, it makes me look and feel like an ugly person. So it came down to why am I gossiping? All right, I'm insecure about this. And that's what I keep pointing out about other people. All right, Nettie, you've got to work on that. Because talking about it, about other people with other people is not going to make it any better for yourself. So if you're finding yourself putting other people down or picking people apart, or if you hear other people doing that, they're doing that to themselves. And I think that's where the empathy piece comes in, at least for myself, when I hear people doing what I used to and picking people apart. It's because I, I was doing that exa- exact same thing to myself. Whatever, whatever you're picking apart in one person, you're picking that apart in yourself, whether or not you verbalized it out loud to anybody you're doing that to yourself. So I, I tell my clients, like, especially when you're in the gym and you see other women that maybe have the physique or whatnot that you want, if you find yourself going to a negative place, you need to write that down. Pull out your phone and write that down. What did you just say to yourself? All right, you need to face that head on because that's a problem. She's not the problem that insecurity is the problem and that's within you so stop putting it on her as though it's her problem and that is something that is very difficult to do but that's where the humility piece comes in you have to be humble enough to be like whoo I just said that to myself that was not pretty all right we're gonna work on this so I think that's where we have to once again, learn how to listen to that inner voice and um, realize the the internal dialogue that we're we're having with ourselves, the internal conversation that we're continually having, and and break that down, because picking another person apart makes you a very ugly person. You can take the most beautiful person from Baywatch or whatnot, and if they are just I don't know. That's the first one that came to mind. Um, Because that's a very aesthetically pleasing movie, right? It's all about pretty people. And if you (laughs) take the prettiest person in that movie and then they are just an absolute bitch, they're not pretty anymore. Uh, It's an instant turn. Even if they have a nice body. Yeah. Exactly. Instant turn off. Yeah. So. I think you're right. I think that for anybody, the 
the internal beauty manifests in outer beauty and how you see yourself changes the way that other people see you as well. Yes. Yes, it does. Energy. Like I'm a little bit of the, the hippy dippy side, as you said, I'm a bit spiritual. <laughs> Me too. Um, like not super, I'm going to rub myself in crystals and bathe myself in mud and um 24-7, but like I'm definitely rather spiritual. Um, I grew up with my mom. She's she's quite spiritual. So um, and I've definitely gone further into it in recent years and I definitely would would put my chips in that basket and say I'm I'm not I'm not religious in any way, but I believe in, you know, definitely energy. Like it's it's definitely a thing. Yeah. And I, people can view it as religion or spirituality or, or hippy dippy, like however you whatever you put the <laughs> whatever name you put to it, it's the same thing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. People yeah. would probably disagree with that, but essentially it's the same thing. And if you don't connect with your spirituality on some level, you you're going to have a really hard time connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I grew up very religious, but I would say I'm not religious anymore, but I'm very spiritual. And I found that for me, becoming more hippie dippy per se, we'll just stick with that term. I don't know what to call it. Um, I apologize for anyone that... (laughs) I'm a free spirit, man. Isn't that? I'm a free. There you go. I'm more of a free <laughs> spirit now. I feel like I'm going to get some people who are like, that's offensive. Well, I'm sorry, oh, but. Everybody gets offended <laughs> over everything. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I know. Free spirit. I like that. So definitely more of a free spirit. And I feel like connecting with that part of myself really helped me get to know myself. And you really do have to get to the depth of your personality, but then your spirituality to get to know yourself. And it's not just, it's more than thinking that you're a beautiful person and loving your body. I think that's super vague. It's, it's practice. And there's an exercise that I have my clients do is literally looking at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, and having a conversation with yourself Mm. like you're talking to somebody else that's powerful you you see yourself in a different way right and it's it's a really interesting practice like get close to the mirror and look into your own eyes and see what other people see Mm. it's it's really like sometimes you know some days you may see more pain some days you may see more sadness some days it may be excitement. Like just look into your soul and ask yourself, how am I feeling today? How is my heart today? And just reflect, literally reflect with yourself how you are doing. Mm. That's that's really powerful. Like I speak to myself all the time, like out loud. I will actively tell people I'm crazy. Like I'm nuts. I will I will talk to myself, you know. all all the time just to make sense of things right because i'm a dude that will feel a lot like emotion is 
fucking sky high. And most of the time you need to um, figure out what that actually means. And that's just me kind of putting it out to myself and then wording it in a way that I can then communicate it to other people. Otherwise it, it can come out in an ugly way of like aggression or arrogance or anything like that. Right. Um, but looking yourself in the eye and getting real close and personal. Wow. That's a, that's a step further. And I really like that. I'm going to give that a go. I mean, we do the same thing with other people, right? We just talked about that. You look mm. other people in the eye. How often do we, I mean, when we get ready for the day, we look at ourselves, you know, we're in the mirror getting ready, but we don't look at ourselves. Mm. Look, look at ourselves. Mm. We see different pieces of ourselves. You know, we're doing our hair, whatnot, getting dressed, doing your makeup, brushing your teeth, but we're not just like having a moment with ourselves, connecting with ourselves. Mm. And you have to connect with yourself first before you go out in the world and try to connect with other people. Because if you're not connected to yourself, you're not going to be able to connect with other people. Mic drop, knowledge bomb, mind blown. <laughs> uh, Natty, I appreciate you so much. Like, I'm going to have to jump. I got, I got another meeting in like five minutes, but I honestly, we could literally put the world to rights 24 seven. So I really, really appreciate yourself and everything that you do and hopefully we can we can do it over a coffee and not through through this thing well i appreciate you having me it was really fun to do a part two per se and dive deeper into the the spiritual realm and Mm. hopefully hopefully different pieces resonated with different people and um had a takeaway that will help them in their life because that's that's what I do. That's what I live for. So, and that's absolutely awesome, and it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to watch. So, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks, boss. Have a have a fantastic day. Speak soon. Thank you. You uh, too.